Hello and welcome back to this week's Chatty Soul. This week I am chatting with Scott and Jonathan, company directors of Lexhal Property. Launched in 2020, Lexhal have had great success. They offer a range of services from free and friendly property advice to property sourcing and portfolio building. They are both super knowledgeable and that shows with what we chat about today. So let's get stuck in. So hello and welcome. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, no worries. Thanks for inviting us. Um, for those that don't know about property and investment, it is quite important for some people that that's their end goal, isn't it, in life? They want to own property or have a house to call home no matter where they are in the world. But getting on that property ladder seems to be difficult and even more so maybe now for some people that have not got that financial security that they once did have due to COVID. So can we just kick off by stating like, some of the things that you would say for people to do to get on the ladder? Of course. I mean, obviously, I think people approach the ladder as if it's something that shouldn't have been taken into consideration for a wee while. Obviously, there's things you can do to put yourself in a good situation um, in order to qualify for better lending, um, mortgages, all that type of thing, because ultimately saving up the deposits is just one one part of it. Um, so... If it was me talking to a younger version of myself, I'd begin right back to the early, early years in school um, and starting to build up credit. Small small ways of trying to build up credit. I've actually worked with a client now. They've opened an account but put their child on it and it works as a savings account. So see when they become 18, their credit's already away up through the roof. So having credit building skills like that is always something Um to take into consideration. I remember when I got my first credit card, I must have been 16, and I went out and I actually wasted 300 quid on diesel boxers because <laughs> uh, I just thought it was a class idea and I could do it. But again, it actually probably took me about three years to pay that off, which wasn't great for my credit, but I didn't care because uh, I didn't really need credit. It was only when I started really looking at what property um, with, with the requirements were that I realised it was really important. Yeah, because like on property, like getting into it and buying a mortgage, they look at everything, like how many times you use Bet365 a month, like people people don't realise like the type of things that they take into consideration nowadays. I definitely, and I think like you touched on with, with COVID, it's, it's obviously a lot tighter now, but even I remember when I was going for my first and like you're, like you're saying, they pull up everything. Um, so even back then at the time, I had to say that I had a syndicate in my work for, for my shooting I was putting on with William Hill and to come up with this elaborate story. But as it's just being mindful of it, um, like just now, obviously, they're a lot tighter. They're, they're, looking, at, they're looking at everything. They go back um, quite a bit to, to check. So like Johnny said, it does go back to early because just mirror, mirroring what he was saying, like I know I've done the exact same credit card nights out. Never thought anything of it. Luckily, um, was managed to pay it back, but um, didn't really use it with the intention of building credit. It was more just about getting hangovers and, and getting out. Do you know what I mean? Which at the time you, you do. But if I if I could go back and say to myself, oh, what I'll say to my daughters is just try and be mindful of your, your credit because you will need it at some point. I think it works in the opposite as well. Like I never had anything. I was very like anti-credit like anti-credit card like if I couldn't afford to get it out my wage that week then I couldn't afford it type thing and that affected me as well like obviously when I came to get my house like I think people look at debt as being bad and I know before I, I get involved in property and I'm even going back a while before can I educate myself a wee bit people view debt as being a bad thing um, it's only bad if you misuse it 
but ultimately debt is good and that's what we teach from an investment point of view um, and help people leverage debt and, and how to can I go further with a property investment because there is that it just comes back to that education piece of thinking well getting not being irresponsible with it or just thinking for debt's bad I'm not going to I'm not going to get any debt at all but if you've got a credit card or if you're using it properly it can accelerate your your getting on the property ladder or your investment journey and by like using a credit card properly you're talking about like maybe booking a holiday and then paying up like having the money there for the holiday like booking it on the credit card, then paying it off when the bill comes in, or like buying your weekly shop on the credit card and then transferring money back over. Like, what is the sensible way to build credit? Like, if you're going from zero credit to maybe wanting to buy a house in a year or two years' time? So the sensible way is to don't use credit in the way that if you want, I don't know, a night out, but you don't have 50 quid to put it on your card. So... What I tend to do, and this, you can probably see it in this jumper, I just use mine for my just eat. My just eat account. So I let it just go up and up and up, and I think I went a bit wild at Christmas. What about a grand in takeaways? I did a few grand in takeaways, but I knew it was manageable. Um, not in a health aspect, but financially, I knew it was manageable. I wasn't going, all oh, the new Apple AirPods came out, throw them on there, because the truth of the matter is, see, once you've bought that, whatever it is, you don't want to go back and pay for it, no matter what it is, because the fun's gone in it, you justify it in your head at the time. You thought, if I had these new AirPods, I don't mind that they're 350 quid. You don't go out a couple of rounds, you use them. They don't mean the same uh, two years before. So the chances of you then two weeks, three weeks down the line going back and paying for that is, is, isn't going to happen. So see, so getting yourself a credit builder card, you can, you can maybe cap that, say 250 quid, or if it's going to be a Just Eat card now, put it up to a grand, because... Mm-hmm. Options in there. But if you go two fifty, you know at the end of the month that you, you need to pay that off. And if you pay that in full, you're going you're getting a wee bit of credit momentum. There's other things as well for your credit to obviously think it's really important is having all your billing addresses aligned to the same place. Um be done being on the electric roll. Um so I think is it credit facts you can go on. There's there's a couple of different ones like experience quite good, but it's not as detailed as credit facts. And if you go in there, that's that says where you're lacking. Um, and I actually had an issue myself where I'd changed the address, but I wasn't actually on the electric roll in my new address. So that was keeping my credit for, for granted the excellent bracket just because of that one minute thing. Um, also, again, when you're gearing up for mortgages, it can be daft things like a phone bill that you missed two years ago. It's, it, is, is, um, it can be yeah. as pedantic as, as doing something like that. So it's just about looking at on your credit, what's on that file? And then looking at how best um, to address that over time. But normally you could get you could get a really good credit rate about two years' time. That's going from obviously no credit to good credit. But you need to use credit in such a cycle that you've been seen to manage credit. Like you said there, like if there's something on your credit, like a this phone bill or something, do you need to then go back and pay that? And then how long will that stay on your record for? It can be it can stay on your record for a while. Um, if you go back and show that you've made an attempt to rectify that, um, silly things go overlooked, like even bills that you don't think you have, direct debits. Like, another idea is to go through your direct debit list on your back, your um, online banking, and see what are you actually paying for. Because um, if the best well in the world, it's hard to remember everything that comes out your yeah. accounts. But again, it's about it's about getting these staying informed um, and moving it in the right direction. 
as well. I know to say like if you go on a Expedia, just say, and then you go on a another one. I don't know. And why did your credit score differ? Like one, you could have like an all right credit score, just say six hundred, and then you could go into another one, and you could only have four hundred and forty. Like how is that justified? And then going to get like a mortgage, like it could. If you were to, if they were to use Expedia, you would get one. But if they were to use something else, maybe you wouldn't get one. Oh, it's, it goes down to how they use credit checks themselves. So the problem is, is when people are going through periods of looking at these things, it tends to be because they're trying to qualify for something. And if you're maybe going on site one or two and you're trying to maybe get a credit card or you're maybe trying to get lending or some type of some type of deal where you're going to need um, finance. See, every time you went to look for finance, that actually knocks you down. They talk about these soft searches, but they actually still they still have an impact on it. If you go and get, if you commit to obviously a full application and get a full on knockback, then that's going to be not a, that's going to be much worse. Sorry, than uh, these soft searches. But see, just your name popping up all over the tip place that obviously brings it down. The trick is like to apply for one and stick to that application, like do your research beforehand, apply for that one and then use that one like sensibly. Definitely. I think always if, if depends what we're talking about, if we're talking about a credit card or we're talking about like a mortgage, but for property related, definitely have all your eggs in the in the basket first because there's no point. Like talk to, talk to people in the game every day because um, if somebody's not been working in a job for long, they've maybe just got some savings that's stuffed in a mattress, I mean, I would tell you right away, you're probably not going to get a mortgage, so there's no point in devaluing your credit right away. So talk to the right people. They'll show you to get how to get your ducks in a row because um, most people can tell you around about where you're going to get lending but ahead of doing that. So before clicking the button, seek advice. And in regards to like looking at mortgages, a lot of people just look at the ones that you see advertised, like Royal Bank of Scotland, like the main banks and branch holders but there is also other like smaller places that you can get mortgages through isn't there yeah absolutely and it comes back to just something that uh, johnny touched on there is about seeking advice for the right people because you'll get some brokers that have got access to just the high street lending like you touch on um, and then you'll get um, other brokers who've got access to the full market that can be a bit more creative and use different strategies to to get access to different mortgages with different um, terms so, again, it just comes back to that point. That's why even though we're in property um, and we've got a property investment company, property sourcing company, um, we still rely heavily on the professionals who who obviously know all the intricate details. And it's important that even when you're, if you're buying your own personal property or if you're looking to get into property investment, that you know that the team that you're using, the team of professionals, for brokers, solicitors, accountants, um, that they all, they all know exactly um, the full market and everything to look for talking about investing in property like can you invest in property with a low buy-in or do you have to be successful already to get invested into property not not at all and investment depends who you're working with and what you what your your end goal is obviously if you're wanting to create massive amounts of wealth the more you've got the easier amount it is to get that return on your investment but in saying that if, if you've maybe only got a couple of thousand pounds to start then you just start with that because you can only start with what you've got. Um, we've, we've done investments with as little as £6,000, which has come up with, with great returns um, and strategies that we've used to do that. Uh, and when you've, I've actually told friends and family about it, they looked at me as if, no, you couldn't do that. And I said, no, I started this conversation by saying this is something we have done, not something we are thinking about. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, listen, there, there is always opportunities. Again, it's, it's not even a plug. If you want to talk to talk to us about it, we'll show you how to do it. And um, it's just you need to just align your expectations. If you put in two thousand pound, you're not going to get a thirty grand return. Um, but you will climb the ladder. I think j- just touching on that, the important thing is is to understand that whatever level you're coming in at with the capital you've got, we always speak to people that the massive thing, as Johnny touched on, there's patience, patience, consistency, and, and applying some knowledge. Obviously, we can help plug the knowledge gap. Normally, people come to us with one of three problems, either lack the funds, lack the time, or lack the, the knowledge. Sometimes all three, sometimes two of the three. But it's just important to know that whatever stage you come in at, obviously if your funds are less, you need to apply some common sense and knowledge because if and some patience, because if somebody tells you <laughs> that they can get you out your job, say within six months on if you start with fifteen grand, then that there's something you would be questioning that. Whereas we're always realistic with everyone to sit down and look at, right, what's your end goal? Where do you want to be in two years? Where do you want to be in five? Where do you want to be in ten? And then we start to really look at, right, what cash have you got? What things like, what, what does your credit score look like? And we start to build a plan, which is specific to them. But ultimately, that takes time, patience and, and consistency, like I was saying. Yeah, because, like, especially for our generation, like, I think I like pensions or state pensions, definitely probably not going to be a thing. We're not going to have a retirement age. Like, we're going to need to work till we're at least 80. So a lot of people are thinking now about, investing and getting on that investment ladder but maybe don't have the funds but like you're saying if you can invest with little as maybe six grand the time you retire you will have a like or wanting to retire you'll probably have enough for a wee bit of a decent lifestyle by then say in 30 years absolutely like you said at the start obviously everybody's going through the, the pandemic going through covid and what it's done is it's opened people's eyes up to that the, the one source of income isn't maybe enough because there's a lot of people, unfortunately, losing their jobs. There's a lot of people under a lot of pressure financially. So people are starting to look at it, and we're finding an influx of people who are looking at diversifying um, their income in, in different ways of how they can do that because, as you said, the retirement age is going up, not, not. If you invest properly, if you invest wisely, um, then you, d- you don't need to be working till you're 80. We can assure you of that. But... Um, Aye, so as it's it's definitely the last year's definitely highlighted to people the importance of actually investing your your money. And if like somebody was to come to you and want to invest, do you just take care of everything and they just see the the profit, or are they quite involved? So we've actually come up with a new a new thing where a new service we're offering. It's invest and learn. So it's everybody's wanting to get involved in property, and there's a there's a whole host of different ways you can do that. So without getting people charging fortunes for property training or anything like that they come and invest and just see how we're mo- all the moving parts are coming together and um, which is fantastic for obviously them for security or your finance to see that it's not just getting put in to a washing machine and flung out with interest and um, but to actually learn as you go because um, the only way of really doing property and development investing is to get in and to really see the moving parts and um, it's, it's it's all easy on a whiteboard but there's a lot of subcontent in there um, that they can really make or break the profits uh, along the way. Just on that as well, so there, there is the option to invest and be a turnkey investment and have hands off. And um, you might have seen or we work with like an organisation called Life After Professional Sport, which is predominantly athletes who, for the most part, 
are looking just to invest their money in, in bricks and mortar and property and we'll take care of everything and we'll just obviously put a strategy in place for them. Um, like Johnny was saying, there's the option to come in and invest and learn and we'll teach. But the way we look at that is if somebody wants to get started and we can show them the different routes and the different avenues and strategies, ultimately what we're doing then is creating somebody that will probably work with in the future. So when they do start going out and doing developments themselves um, and start building and networking and, and getting relationships, then we'll always have that connection with them. So they become almost a kind of business partner and an associate as opposed to just going through the invest and learn model. But at the start, it's important to leverage other people and to leverage what they're doing. And like we always say that the thing is, there's a thing about or learn from your mistakes, but in property that can be extremely costly. If you learn, if you, if you go and say, right, I've got 30 grand here and you go and make a, an asset, then you're pretty much, you're, you're scunnered a wee bit. But what we say is, look, learn from other people's mistakes. We've made mistakes. We've learned from other people's mistakes. So you don't need to make that costly mistake because we've either made it or we've spoke to somebody or learned from somebody who's made the mistake. So that's how that model kind of lends itself perfectly to people that are looking to get started. In regards to that, like I know a lot of people are interested in buying like repossessions like is that something you deal with or like how do you go about that because I kind of wanted to do it for my first property my mum taught me out it she was like no it's going to be hell you're going to have all these costs like you don't even know what you're doing you'll go in there and bid a thousand like a million pound or something instead of a thousand pound because I'm simple like that at times so like, is there a way to get into that and like know that market as well uh, just on that so Oh, it is something that we deal with, and it's we have relationships with different um, companies that that obviously have insolvency companies um, and different opportunities. But that's well, I suppose we, we've got another company, Swift Property Solution, which focuses on off-market property. Um, so it just depends on a, on a case-to-case basis. Like we always say, as long as you do your due diligence, do your homework, and you know exactly what you're buying, and you do your research, then. It, you, I suppose you can't really say don't buy a repossession or do buy a repossession. It all comes down to what does the numbers look like? Have you done your research? Do you know that that's a good deal? Are you getting are you getting a good discount? What is your plans? Can you add value to that property? So there's a number of things that come in um, as opposed to just a, a kind of black and white ruling. Are repossessions still like got all the same safety checks as like when you get a home report in that? Do they still go by that rule? I think they go by that rule in the sense if you're buying it, I think there's buying an auction and there's buying a repossession. They're two slightly different things and you'll get repossessions on the market now but people used to think a repossession, well they, people were right to thinking a repossession was obviously a house that maybe be wrecked, it'd been taken away um, and, and obviously kind of last minute circumstances and it could be, a discount could be offered but I remember arguing my case of this property not that long ago um, a good choice of words there. <laughs> Negotiating, I should probably say. Uh, and I, they were wanting, I, I think, and I, if I remember right, there was no windows like secured in the property. There was holes in the walls. There was holes in the floor. The market value was about one hundred and fifteen, and they wanted they wanted a hundred thousand pound for it. And I thought, even good properties aren't really going further in a bit there. So. That was that was that was my eyes opened up to the repossession. So I would need to get that for about sixty thousand pounds to make it a project. And it's obviously when in the sixty thousand pounds, they says not, but they've not backed eighty five. So I'm like, so what do you want for it? And they're like, well, a hundred. 
and I'm like, but there's not even a window in it. <laughs> uh, so the, the margins aren't there uh, on the market anymore for repossessions. If you go for an auction approach, that's slightly different. But that, you need to be a bit more seasoned in that instance because they come with a lot of kind of skeletons in the closet, especially because if on the market you're going to get a premium, it says why did the why did it go to auction? And most of the time that's got something to do with the legal pack. It could do with the title. It could do with the, the boundaries. It could do it a whole host of things. There could be massive charges against the property. So uh, on paper, it could look okay. But dissecting that a wee bit more, you could be buying a serious, serious problem. And normally the price gives it away. Uh, if, if it's too good to be true, it mostly has. And you've touched on it there, like the asking price. Like, Do you believe that you can bargain quite a bit around about the asking price? Because nowadays you see a lot of people... <laughs> no, but nowadays you see a lot of people like saying... Oh, the home report said one two five, so I put in one five seven, and I still get knocked back. Like people are like kind of outbidding each other and keep they're pushing the price higher really than the seller. So, so it just depends. Like just now, we're currently in a seller's market. So if you're selling a property just now, you're laughing because the property market goes in cycles. Not to get too too technical, but historically, you can look back at um, and see and predict how it's going to go. Like. We've, um, I think we've we've had five between kind of November and, and a, the last one went two weeks ago, um, where they've all went for home report or above, um, ones that we've had on the market. Because right now the market's point, it's a good it's a good time to be selling property. So, and and things are going over home report because as soon as you start getting that interest and it goes to a closing date and you've got 30, 40 viewings in the first couple of days, people start seeing it, they start getting excited. And then they just all, they drive the price up by getting into a bit of a bidding war. And what you'll find in the next kind of nine to 12 months, maybe a little bit longer, is the market will start to change and it will start to become a, a buyer's market again, which then opens up the, the room for a bit more negotiation on the price. Um, but it, it depends. It goes in cycles. So you obviously need to, need to kind of be aware of that when you're buying property and selling property because you can end up um, getting stung if you're, if you're not really too clued up on it. Definitely. It's it is such like a strange thing, isn't it? I I, I get outbid by a penny. Really? <laughs> one penny. They put in like whatever <laughs> the offer was and I'd put and they put in like literally one pence. They must have been going up in pennies instead of pounds to see if they could outbid and I get outbid by a penny. I was gutted. But my my house that I ended up getting was nicer, so it was worth it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so what would be like your three main points to anybody that wants that's thinking of like a second income or getting on that property ladder because for some people it's not necessarily about living in the house it's more about an investment for their future selves like what like bit of information do you wish that you'd get told or have learned that you isn't really readily available I'd probably say don't wait to invest, invest and wait. And that can be with the small amount, amount of money I've blown on daft things um, that just have never given me a return. Even if you make your first first 12 grand, get it into a property and forget about it. Get it, into, get it moving. Because um, the amount of people we've seen um, that's sitting, they were waiting for the perfect deal or the perfect time. Like we can always make more money, and it's funny the, the better you get at releasing money and putting it into the marketplace, whether that be in stocks or property, the actual more you start to trade. Um, and the, the key is just starting, 
um, holding out for that deal. I, I want something local where my where my grand stays because I really like the area. And I, I, we've all we've, we've heard it all. It doesn't really add up. If it makes money, it makes sense. Um, so yeah, that probably would have been my my first point. I think that's quite a good one because I know, like, I would I moved away from the West End, but I want to move back to the West End. But right now, I know I can't afford it. So for me, investing in property the now for a couple of years would then eventually get me back to where I want to be. Definitely, million percent. And I think just having, I think for for me having a an idea of where you want to be because everybody knows that. Um, they like the idea of property. Everybody knows it makes money. Um, and like Johnny says, most people can wait and wait and wait. But see if you if you speak to people, educate yourself, start working with people. Like if you've got money, you can go into things like joint ventures, um, whereby you can work alongside different investors to to increase your capital. Um, so just in exploring all your different options as opposed to just sitting because. As most people know, money sitting in a bank is, is pointless just now. Like we're, we're at a point where we're almost, there's talk of getting into a negative interest rate, but it's going to cost you money. Um, it's actually going to cost you to have money in the bank. So there's loads of different options, regardless of how small your investment and your capital pot is to start. Work with other people, leverage other people's experience, but also figure out where you want to go. Like the, the biggest question that we ask and we speak when we speak to people is, why do, you, why do you want this additional income? What would that allow you to do? And then you start to work your way back from there. Once you figure out why somebody wants that and why, where somebody wants to be, does that free up time for them? Does that allow them to do different things? You can start to then create a bit of a strategy where you can diversify what they're investing in and build their money, ultimately with a view to their end goal. Fab. That's great. Like I think a lot of people listening will have got a lot from that. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time out to explain it all in a bit more depth because if you're completely clueless, just reading it online is quite overwhelming or you don't really understand where to start. But I think hearing it from yourselves has put it into a bit more perspective. So what I'm going to do is drop the links for yourselves below in the show notes for anybody listening that wants to get involved uh, and maybe just drop you a message and find out more information about themselves. But have you got anything else you would like to say before we finish up? I, I suppose it is just obviously that's just being as general as possible. If, if for people that are interested, reaching out is the best thing because it, this is our everyday language now. Um, the amount of times people have reached out with thinking they're maybe not as ready to do it and have realised that, well, actually, I'd, I'm so many more options. The first key is going, look, what, what options are available? Like we buzz off of talking about it. Uh, that's that's what we get in enjoyment. So it's, you won't be wasting anybody's time putting a feeler out there. Uh, always happy to have the chat uh, and help people. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. No worries. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you learned something, because I know I did. I would love if you could rate and review this episode below. The links spoken about on today's episode can be found in the show notes. And with that said, I will be back next Thursday. Chat soon.